Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. Welcome to Hacks for Life. I'm Galen Jones, your host, and I am having a conversation with Scott Rahi, a dear friend, uh, very knowledgeable. I wish I had um, all the stuff that he has stored in his brain. Uh, he reads all the time. Uh, I'm not a uh, – reading was never one of my um, things that I just jumped at and just really enjoyed. But Audible – Audible is a good thing, yeah. Digital books, man, has really opened some doors to me, and I, I really appreciate uh, the wisdom and knowledge that uh, Scott brings to the table. As we as we start this conversation, um, in 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 um, in my life, as I've just talked to people, I really enjoy just having a spiritually form what I call spiritually forming conversations, or uh, just talking about God and uh, what we what people think about it, whether they actually believe in him or they don't or but I just enjoy the 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 conversation and um, some there were some been some questions that um, have cropped up over the uh, these aren't new but they've cropped up and I want to just kind of throw these at you and see what you got for me so okay? a little different format and yeah, a little bit different yeah, over time maybe other questions will come in and we'll spend a, a, a conversation yeah, and, and I would too. encourage our listeners uh, to uh, check us out on Facebook James group ministries uh, check us out on Facebook the podcaster are being uh, placed there, and uh, obviously we'd like for you to like us, and uh, you could even place some comments there, and we'll uh, do our best to be able to respond to some of those. So, um, well, the first question for you. You ready? Okay. Sure. Um, why did God wait? If, if the, the world is as old as we say it is, or we think it is, yeah. why has God waited so long? Yeah. Before he would send Jesus, I mean, even if we had the, even if you did the, a typical aging, a biblical aging might be six, seven thousand years. Yeah. Now, if you go with the, you know, a longer Earth, then you've got billions. Yeah. But in either case, yeah. Why would he wait so long? Yeah. Why would he? Why would he do it only two thousand years ago? All these people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. No, just, <laughs> I think. You know, Have I you had, had that question. I had that same question. Yeah. And I've, okay. had, I've been asked that question a lot of times. Okay. Um, and I've seen others. It's not like I have some sort of special position and everybody's coming to me with questions. I witness a lot of conversations with other people and I learn from them. Um, it was a really, I heard, it was, I believe, William Lane Craig's debate with Christopher Hitchens. I'm almost certain that that was the debate whenever I first heard the answer to this. And I, I looked up the resources, the references. He he, ref, he gives the reference in the debate. I don't have it because, you know, this is questions you're asking me, and I didn't come prepared with this stuff. But in that debate, he made a – Dr. Craig made a really um, important point, and that is, you know, we've believed that Jesus was brought to earth at just the right time. And what Dr. Craig said is what, if you look at global statistics since the beginning of time – approximately 2% of the human population existed before Jesus arrived. 98% of the people that have ever existed in history were born after Jesus came to earth. Wow. And so he came right at the beginning. He came right in the, you know, he didn't wait like half the, half the population in history existed. And then Jesus came and it's, it's not that way. There was this explosion 
of population growth wow. right after Jesus was on earth. And before that, it's about 2% of the people. Wow. Um, so I, and I found that fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I didn't when, know that. When that, I first that heard that, my response. Oh, I know. When I heard that, my first thought was, Oh, I got to go find that resource, and he gives it in the in the debate, and I, you know, and it's on YouTube. It's you know, it's it's available, and this is a good homework assignment for anybody that's listening. Is do you care enough to actually go and find this? It's like the Bereans. Don't trust me. Yeah. Don't trust Galen. Trust, you know, the actual source yeah. in this Fact case. Check it. Yeah. So go and listen to the debate, and when Dr. Craig has reached that point, he'll give the reference, and then go look that reference up. I did, and it supports what he said. So, wow. in fact, you, one of the guys that wrote the article, I, I was able to write him at the university that he was at to ask that question directly. And so these things are available. But yeah, it was a really interesting answer. And I'm like, wow, that is, it almost sent the chill down my spine. Like, boy, God did send Jesus just at the right time, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how I would answer that one. Yeah. Cool. I, I always the the my go to place for that question is uh, it's Galatians four four where Paul talks, Paul speaks and he says God in the fullness of time sent mm-hmm. forth a woman born born of a woman under the law. So mm-hmm. and then there's some things that but I have I hadn't heard that 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 yeah. uh, I'll, I'll put that in my uh, in my pocket. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 And another question. I don't know. You, you, you may not have heard about this, but uh, Pascal's wager. Yep. Um, what is it? Um, before we get there, can I do one other thing? I want to I want to finish this topic of Jesus real quick, because I think it's okay. connected to what you said. Okay. There's another question that skeptics have asked. That's not about when, it's about where. They'll say, why on earth would God bring Jesus to Israel? Oh, yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. This tiny little backwater town in this backwater country. How on earth, if God wanted Jesus to have the impact that he claims, then why didn't he you know, put him in the middle of Rome or something like that? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is the immediate answer is, well, he seems to have done pretty good because the whole world, it's the, it's the largest religion on earth. So something was done right by him putting him there. <laughs> but the interesting thing about that, and you can look this up too, at the time that Jesus arrived, Israel was considered the crossroads of the world. Every major trade route to every place that was civilized on earth went through Israel. If you had to go from Africa, like Ethiopia, mm-hmm. Egypt, any of that, if you wanted to go up into the... Uh, different countries like uh, Italy or into Greece or in that you came through Israel. If you wanted to go to the east, like out to where um, like India and these different countries, you came through Israel. So these countries, these merchants were coming all the way through Israel and stopping there and they were hearing the gospel and they were moving on. And people all over the world were hearing about the gospel. You had these missionaries that were just being trained as they came in, did their merchandising, moved on, uh, converted Christians, and the whole world was evangelized as a result of that. Wow. So I think the question is a two-parter. And you can so you just answer that. Mm-hmm. So not only did Jesus come at the right time, he came to Jesus the right came place. to the right place. <laughs> yeah, you know, he came cool. to the right. I just thought, to me, those are those, God really does know what he's talking about moments. Yeah. And I just, I just find that. So, okay. So now let's yeah. talk about Pascal's, Pascal's wager. Pascal's Yeah. Okay. I do need to give a bit of a... Maybe I should have done this at the outset, but um, I think it was in part two of the episode where we talked about how, how evil points to God's existence. I gave a quote, and I referenced uh, Gottfried Leibniz, who talked about theodicy mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And I said in there that Gottfried Leibniz wrote the Pensee, and there were these notes and that he kept. And that's not 
true. <laughs> Gottfried Leibniz did not write Ponce. This was Blaise Pascal. Uh, okay, so and in the other one, you're correcting something. I'm correcting just... what I got wrong. I listen oh. to these things whenever they're done, <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's not like a book where I can just draw a white line through that and write on top of it. It's one of those things that – and the truth is, I think it's okay to show that you're not perfect in some of this stuff because we've said all along that people don't need to just believe blindly what we're saying, but right. go, che- go check it out. Exactly. Well, here's an example of you know people are imperfect, and I just – I was using the wrong name. I think the Ponce is a really good sort of um, set of documents by a man who really believed strongly in God. And um, Pascal's wager is part of that set of documents that they collected. He di- he died and he was going to write a book and they never got it never got written, but they collected all of his notes and they, they published it as, as they called it Ponce. P-E-N-S-E-E is how you spell it. Um, so what is Pascal's wager? Pascal proposed an, uh, sort of a mental exercise or a thought experiment. Um, he said, if God, I want to say this the right way, if God, if we don't believe in God and God doesn't exist, sorry, if we believe in God and God doesn't exist, then when we die, we're not going to know it because there won't be an afterlife. So we've lost nothing. By believing, uh-huh. by yep. believing in God. Mm-hmm. If we don't believe in God and God does exist. That's a problem. Then we've lost everything. Yeah. So the wager is, is there a scenario under which did, uh, not believing in God is a good thing? So if I don't believe in God and God doesn't exist, I get the same outcome as the person who believed in God. Neither one of us get an afterlife. But if God does exist and I don't believe in him, then I have a terrible outcome. But if I believe in God and there's an, out, and there's an afterlife, I get heaven. I get eternity. And so he, he, he set this up kind of as a wager. And you'll hear skeptics that come back and say, well, that's, you know, why would I believe in God just based on this idea mm-hmm. of, of Pascal's wager? And I, I don't really think we should believe in God exclusively because, you know, of some sort of um, logical argument like that i think you know he's right there's nothing to be gained by being a non-believer and everything to be gained by being a believer but you i still think that it's important to um have reasons that you believe Mm -hmm. i don't think belief should just be well i just as soon do it because there are consequences if i don't it just that feels for me it would be disingenuous to do that Mm -hmm. i want to just throw something in here right here uh because as you were talking, um, I'm thinking through things, and I'm sure yeah. our listeners are are also, you know, their minds might be spinning, when wondering what what uh, what on earth uh, are they yeah, talking what are about? we talking about? Yeah. Um, but as I think about it, um, a belief in God uh, through my life, and I and I have um, I made some really poor decisions in the past, mm-hmm. um, and I attribute to. M- a coming to to know God in a way that that repaired those uh, yeah. emotionally, physically, the the, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I attribute um, my recovery, if mm-hmm. you will, um, to a, a coming to know God in a way uh, that that wasn't about going to church, but it was about developing a relationship with God, right and. And how we just do better, and and I, you know, I think research would bear it out that those that have a belief in a, um, if I just wanted to put a higher power, meaning yeah. God, mm-hmm. uh, th- that we've been talking about, um, that we just do better. I agree with that. I mean, 
Now, if if nothing else, if I wanted my physical health, my mental health, if I just wanted my relational health, yeah. uh, if I just want to do better, it just works. Yep, yep. You know what's interesting about that? Um, because I've heard. I've heard responses when people say, well, that doesn't, okay, Pascal's wager, whatever, that's not a good enough reason to believe in God. And the answer I've heard is what you've said is, look, it's not, Pascal was not saying we should believe in God just because of this wager. He was saying belief in God is a fulfilling, um, sort of existentially sound uh, belief system, and it brings joy and it brings peace. And the thing that's really interesting, and we'll talk, I think we'll get to this topic soon. But when we talk about, you know, does the soul exist? If you look into this idea of out-of-body experiences, near, near-death experiences, there's an increasing body of evidence that these are re- they're real things. People that are lying um, on an operating table and their hearts stop and suddenly they find themselves not in their body and they're witnessing what's happening in the operating room. And there are, these are, there are veridical experiences, people that can be, can prove you know, I went, you know, I'm speaking as if somebody that was that experienced this. I left my body and I went in this hospital to this place where I saw this red shoe out on a ledge that's impossible for anybody to see from even the windows on these other floors. And when they returned to their body, this is a specific example. I think it was a lady who did this. And when she woke back up, she said, can somebody please go see if there's really a shoe up there? And sure enough, there was a red shoe up there. It, it was proven. She saw it. Somehow she saw it, even though her body was in that operating room. Um, the thing that's really interesting about these people, there's, an, there's a scientist named Pim Van Lommel. It's, I think he's, he may be Norwegian, I think. Pim Van, it's, it's Van Lommel, L-O-M-M-E-L. And he wrote a, he wrote, he's written a lot of um, professional articles in, uh, the, in Lancet, which is a medical journal. Mm-hmm. He studied near-death experiences for people who had died, you know, on the, you know, near-death experiences related to heart attacks, co- uh, coronary events. What he found is that these people who experienced these near-death experiences and went on to encounter what for them was some um, higher power, God, for lack of a better term, he said they come back to their life and their anxiety is non-existent. They're not afraid of dying. They're not afraid of the future. They've seen the future and it's a peaceful, wonderful thing for them. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying, this business about, well, it just works. It's the right way. It brings great peace. You know, Jesus says, you know, that we Christianity brings peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. These people that have lived through these sort of near-death experiences come back and like, yeah, it's you know, it's almost like Paul saying, "I was taken to the third heaven." I know a man who went up to the third heaven and he saw things that are too wonderful to express. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Pascal's wager as a thought experiment is an interesting one because there's all the reason just from that experiment, all the reason to believe in God, none of the reason to reject God. But beyond that, it's a lifestyle that is very satisfying and brings great joy and hope and peace and all of these things. And I, you know, I, I see people that are skeptics and they'll say that they're happy, but they're, you know, their lives don't really seem to, at least the ones I know, they don't reflect that. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you know, they may tell you that they're happy, but it's hard to see that in their day to day life. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's Pascal's wager. It's not, uh, probably the argument I would use to say, Hey, you need to believe in God, but it might get raised. Somebody might ask about mm-hmm. it and it's good to understand it. Yeah. That's, um, you know, what, 
What person doesn't really long for and desire peace? Mm-hmm. Um, think about how many ways we try to oh, yeah. um, manufacture mm-hmm. peace and joy. And it's it's interesting uh, where the biblical text speaks to how it doesn't use these particular terms, but how I understand it is when we try to manufacture peace and joy, um, it can be stolen. I agree, yeah. And robbed from us. Mm-hmm. And um, when it's part of who we are mm-hmm. as a Christ follower, um, and we have that worldview who can steal that? Yeah. Nobody can take that away from us. No, I agree. But when we try to manufacture it, then it wasn't real to begin it was, with. It was exactly. It was exactly. just it appeared to be real for a short time. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, we humans are a mess, Scott. We are a mess. You know, we, we're true. just a mess. Uh, That's very true. Uh, anyway, enjoyed the conversation. Um, I'm sure that there's other questions out there that our listeners have. And if, if you do, like I said, like us on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can send us um, messages through there for some uh, any questions that you might have, and, and we'll do our best to uh, try to respond to those. Look forward to uh, it. Look forward to the next conversation. We'll see you, Scott. Thanks. You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled, caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972 243 4673. That's 972 243 4673. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.